afternoon, everyone. I'm delighted to see you here. Hopefully, um, this workshop is meant to be for two things, really. On one hand, to help you think what creative document is about. On the other hand, hopefully, to take that into the proposal of the proposals that you may be thinking in terms of submitting to bridging the gap. So, firstly, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Noé Mandel, and I'm the director of Scottish Document Institute. And 16 years ago, uh, when we started the Institute, the first scheme that we developed was actually Bridging the Gap. So we've been running this scheme for this long, really. <laughs> um, the idea behind the scheme was in order to encourage Scottish-based filmmakers to think in terms of creating documentary for shorts, not as a gap or as a teaser or a pilot for a longer film, but really to think of it as short films deserve their own language and deserve to tell a kind of you know, full story, not just to be an illustration for something bigger. With that in mind, we thought, right, we'll do it in Scotland, but we'll do it shorts for cinema in order to bring a different form of storytelling into short documentaries but also to then be able to take them internationally outside festivals etc so we want storytelling from scotland for the rest of the world not just from scotland to scotland so we're very much looking for stories who have uh, a resonance or an impact with an audience which will be beyond Scotland. So this year we decided on the theme red. Now it's going to be very loose. Uh, we basically, as you saw in the advert, we just want you to feel inspired by that word. It doesn't mean that your film is going to have to be red <laughs> or anything kind of you know red will have to be there, but try to go beyond kind of, you know, what uh, the, your initial reaction and try to tap the emotion kind of linked to that word. So before we talk a bit more in detail about what we're expecting from Bridging the Gap and give you a chance to ask questions and talk maybe about some of your ideas, I'd like to take you a little bit into creative documentary. What do we think about creative documentary? Now, most of us tend to think documentary as being more factual-based, as being a place where you're informing people, where you're trying to convince people, where you're trying to make a point about a specific issue, etc. All that is perfectly correct, but we are into storytelling. So we want you to think about two aspects in documentary. One, which is about kind of, you know, what the film is about. And the other is what the story is about. Now, those two things are actually different, but you need to work both of them into a film. Often we get stuck with what is a film about, i.e. the topic of the film, um, and people forget that we are storytellers. So you've got to quickly kind of, you know, go from what the film is about to how you're going to tell what the film is about, i.e. what story are you going to use in order to drive 
motivation. Motivation is really important. It's kind of your voice as a director, which is going somehow to bring kind of you know the personality into the film. So ask yourself, why do I want to make this film and why do I want to make it now? And those two answers should have an influence on how you're going to make your film and what you want to say. Now, I'm going to give you two examples today of films which are very different, but yet kind of you know, talking about the different aspects that I'm trying to tease out and make you think about. The first example is by Tim Etherington, and you may have heard of him, a uh, British uh, documentary filmmaker, uh, who actually kind of passed away, well, actually he was killed in Libya uh, a few years ago. Um, and uh, he spent 10 years of his life reporting in the war zone, and then uh, slowly started to understand that there were also days amazing work, what he did was very much trying to report what was happening out in the world. And at one stage, he felt like he really wanted to be able to share what he felt about what was happening, or what he felt his position was as a reporter. So the film, what you're going to see, is about alienation, alienation from uh, a European and British filmmaker trying to make sense of a world in chaos and not feeling that somehow uh, he's really contributing that much to it. And then he's also realizing that uh, once he touched about uh, his alienation, um, there is a section where basically he needs to try to find uh, a thread in order to be able to tell that story. So it becomes a personal journey. And through that personal journey, he's able to start talking about the different emotions that he was faced while filming and what's kind of lingering inside him. So it brings us to a third aspect of creating a short creative film, which is a distinction between the outside world and the inside world. And that's really, really important because we think of film documentary, it is about reality, but reality is not just out there, it's also inside us. And that's much harder to film because it's invisible. And yet it's much richer, it's kind of, you know, you, the filmmaker, who's going to be able to do that translation of someone's inside world or your own inside world on screen. Great. So this is a film about war and alienation. Now, how does a filmmaker turn it into a personal journey to make it a story? Well, right at the beginning, he uses this kind of lovely shot, which he repeats several times, of the mosquito net, which could have been a little tent. Now, I'm sure you've all kind of, you know, been inside a tent or under a mosquito net, and you know how, you know, there's a special texture to it. It's very light, very thin. And yet somehow we've got the illusion that it's protecting us from the mosquitoes or it's protecting us from the outside world. And this is what he creates with that image. He kind of goes in his very intimate world where he's going to allow himself to 
be honest about how he feels, what about what he's doing, um, and allow his mind to kind of wander around. So the film stops being uh, about one specific wall uh, linked to specific shots that he got of that wall, but start trying to connect uh, different walls, different moments, in order for us to start reflecting about war in general, about feelings in general. It's also an exploration of one's humanity. How can you report war if you lose touch with your humanity? But if you're exposed to that extent, images and to moments, then how can we retain that humanity in us? And in a way, he experienced it directly, but we as a European audience experience it through being bombarded with images of war. So how do you make your audience look at that reality in a different way and feel and think about it differently when it's exactly the same images? So throughout the film, he's kind of you know, playing around with sound, with you know, rehearsing kind of you know, images, um, with you know, connecting kind of you know, two very separate images kind of you know, together, etc. So all the time, you never in our comfort zone when we're watching his film, he's always kind of you know, letting us move and question. And this is what filmmaking is about, or documentary filmmaking. It should be about questioning and reflecting on aspects of life that we may not be you know, uh, familiar with, but yet matters or should matter to us, really. So again, here, with uh, his little kind of, you know, tank, you know, super mech, he managed to create this um, dichotomy between the kind of outside world and the inside world. So inside the tent becomes his inside world, and the outside world is our, all the other kind of you know, images that he uses. He also brings in a beautiful scene, uh, the one about uh, his niece kind of, you know, outside in the field. And it's kind of beautiful England, it's lovely sunset, it's warm, and, and that little child just so beautiful kind of, you know, in, that, in that landscape. And that it's really important to show that he kind of holds to one image like this, you know, the loss of his niece, uh, to be able to go back into the war zone and be able to survive emotionally, kind of being in different ways. So again, it's about you know offering little moments where we feel human um, and think, yes, life is about these kind of innocence and about this beauty, but we are confronted with everything, uh, everything else. So to be able to find kind of, you know, those, this type or develop this type of discourse, but find a, a visual language to be able to translate it without having a voice running a commentary, without having an interviewer explaining it to you, it's something which you know, creates a long lasting effect of the film inside you, it's that lingering uh, which you know which we are after when we are storytelling in documentaries. So this is example number one. Example number two is actually a personal film 
filmmaker uh, is uh, filming a dad who suffers uh, from depression. Now, I'm sure you've seen many documentaries about depression. Um, what I really loved about this one and what I wanted to show you uh, is to make another important point in documentary, which is about metaphor. I think documentary filmmakers are like poets, maybe. And poetry uh, uses metaphors all the time with words. And this is why we respond to poetry those metaphors stay with us and create a new understanding, a new image inside your head about something that matters to you. And here in the film, um, the filmmaker basically, instead of talking directly about depression, she decides to explore the metaphor that the fact that her dad is very much into analog technology and cannot cope with digital technology. Now, it's not saying that the source of his depression is about that, but it's just a beautiful way to show how a dad is caught between two different worlds and caught in a way he doesn't know how to move into that digital world. He no longer feels he belongs to our world because he doesn't understand this other world any more called digital. So that's a perfect kind of you know, metaphor in order to then explore kind of the theme, the topic of the film, which is depression. So here, it's a personal story, as I say. Yes, the filmmaker is technically not in the film. I mean, we hear a voice a couple of times. Uh, we've also got the film driven by the voice of the dad, um, and yet it's not a portrait of the dad, because what she's doing with that voice is not um, illustrating the images with the voice. She's actually kind of interweaving some of the things that she's saying with some real moments of him kind of you know, being in his day-to-day -day life. And by doing that, it allows her to explore that theme of depression. So it's not a portrait of a father, it's not a portrait of a depressed man, but it is actually the story of a man who feels um, at odds with digital technology. So that's how you manage to expand from an idea into a story. Sometimes it's just about how you think about what is in front of you. It's all too easy to just point the camera and try to follow or put the responsibility on the character in front of you to tell the story. But you've got to remember, you are the filmmaker. You are the one telling the story, even if it's someone else's life, because you're constructing it. The way you're filming it, the way you're editing it, the way you choose say certain things and not other means that you're constructing the film. You've got to be responsible, not the character. There is a real fear in especially newer, kind of younger filmmakers you know, in somehow reading, controlling the story. They feel, oh no, but the character kind of you know, says it all. The character tells the story. But no, it doesn't. You know, 
the character that we have at this point where it is the character needs to be himself or herself himself and you are the one telling the story so those two examples that I'm showing you as I said are very different yet they've moved from a basic idea to creating a story out of it and this is what we want you to be doing with your bridging the gap think about your idea but then try to explore how you're going to use your character how you're going to use your situation in order to tell a story I hope those examples are clarifying some of the questions that you may ask but this is now your chance to be able to, uh, to say a bit more so just kind of you know before you start asking questions um, here in this kind of you know document information and guidelines I think it's pretty clear kind of you know what uh, is going to happen uh, basically Scottish and Irish filmmakers from Northern Ireland will be applying uh, Bridging the Gap with a proposal and part of the proposal we want you to submit some visual material <coughs> it's really really important for us one to know that you've got access to that story so if you're already able to send us some material you're giving us the proof that yes we've got access and two in order for us to be able to my opinion about the character of the situation that you wanted to, uh, to film. And three, it's really important for you to start engaging with that story and character now while you're applying, not after when you kind of chosen. Because you need to test uh, you know, this idea a bit longer than just say, oh, that's a bit a good idea. When other documentary filmmaker you don't have day one of photo shoot as you do in fiction there isn't such a plan when you start researching you start filming and in a way your entire time filming will be researching because you're following something you're following your instinct you're following your kind of, you know, uh, your character you're not trying to make a point about it so it's important for you to be open, not to say, right, if I'm filming this, I can say that. But at the same time, as you are following uh, your story and your character, you've got all the time to think about how to anticipate what's going to happen next. A good filmmaker thinks, oh, if this and this is going to happen, then I could film it that way, or I could go along with it. And so all the time you're anticipating course things that happen as you wish you know we always kind of you know getting contradicted uh, always kind of you know being led into different direction that means that you've got to be thinking and rethinking about okay so this new event or this new action that the character is doing what does it mean in relation to your main theme your main topic is it important do i need to film it if i need to film it how am i going to film it so this is why we call research all the time you are filming. In a way, you're going from research to editing. <laughs> so start researching now, start filming now, and send us kind of, you know, something uh, which somehow will open our appetite to want to see more. 
also because we get many applications and proposals and you know inviting and writing but adding some visual material to show that the proposal is also really really important you may also be submitting past work which you know don't submit anything just kind of choose what you think is the most representative of your work so far or the most telling maybe in relation to how you want to make that film we all shoot in different ways from you know, you know, to do the content for a city council or to do a content for John and Paul, which would be very different. So select one piece of work that you've got and submit that with uh, your proposal part of your CV. So once we've got the deadline, uh, we've got an independent panel of people who've been looking at every proposal everything that we've written and we've been uh, doing a short list of 12 projects and 12 filmmakers um, which means that uh, uh, you will be called to be part of the scheme now as you will see the scheme is delivered through some specific weekends of workshops with international filmmakers it is really important for you to look at those dates if you cannot commit for those weekend workshops, then there is no point in you applying because only people who can commit to those weekends uh, will be able to be part of the scheme. You cannot do the scheme just to make the film. You've got to make the scheme in order to go to the mentorship. In many ways, this will be the best part uh, of your time in making uh, this film because you're no longer working as a lone filmmaker, you'll have a team around you. And the grant that you'll be getting is in order to make sure that you've got a team of professionals around you. So maybe you know, you've already got some specific people in mind that you want to work with. Well, if you do get selected, then you'll tell us about, about them and we'll actually ratify them. Uh, if we think that person doesn't have enough experience, then we probably say, no, we don't think it's the right editor for you, or we don't think it's the right producer for you. Uh, just, you know, to maximize what you can do with your small grant. So that's basically uh, for the application and what will happen next. Now the 12 uh, filmmakers will pitch to a panel come January in order to be selected, in order to get a grant. So again, it will be people from, you know, from the different grants that you've got will be there listening to your project. The pitch is actually a private pitch because it will be one by one. You kind of, you know, coming along and doing your pitch and then going away and then you left to there at the end of the day. So it's not, a, uh, it's not an open forum pitch where you'll be pitching in front of everyone that's already there. Basically, if you don't kind of give him the chance 
for people to experience and experiment with storytelling for the bigger screen, basically. Uh, so unless, I mean, if you've done a feature film which has already been in festivals, etc., then I said, well, maybe you're a little bit overqualified or, you know, there isn't so much that you would discover. I mean, I'm sure there will be. But, you know, to justify that's what you are from, it's probably that wouldn't work. But if you've done commercial work or if you've done kind of, you know, documentary, you know, for authors, I don't know, organizations, mm -hmm. NGOs, whatever, um, then your kind of defense is kind of, you know, saying, right, I need to do something which is going to be for festivals and for an international audience. The work that you're doing in relation to the proposal, you can, yes. Uh, but I mean, it's not a conversation, it, it, it's not going to mean anything to us at yeah. this stage. Okay. Okay. It's the type of conversation that we have once we have the next book. <laughs> Research and created like a cutoff point, kind of you know, to a lot of money. You know how it's going to end up. Um, no, exactly. I mean, you know, it's got to be exploratory. But we want you to be able to project and say, this is what I'm hoping that you know will happen, and this is why I'm hoping because this is a story that I want to tell. And you just give us a few indications on you know if it's real or not. someone who's kind of you know, planning a trip to the moon. <laughs> well, at least you know that you're not going to get to the moon, so <laughs> it's a, a good way to go about it. But you know, you just got to you know to adapt in a way what you are writing with what you've got, but with what you are projecting, which is would be of interest to the story. Yeah. And I think it's important also, I mean people say, oh Thank you very much and we look forward to you. get your application.